Another body linked to the Gilgo Beach suspect, Rex Hureman. Well, the clerk in the Alec Murdoch case is under official investigation. Ruby Frank appears in court and things get weird. A federal prosecutor is arrested, a weird event with a Florida woman, and then our dumb criminal of the day. Let's talk about it. Good day, everyone. My name is Scott Reich, and this is Crime Talk. Thanks for joining us. You know the drill. Subscribe if you haven't. Like if you do. Leave me a comment and hit that little bell for notifications. And remember, you can listen to us on any of your favorite podcasting apps. Yes, I know the question of the day is not what is the new story, the big story of the day. No, it's Scott. Why the hell are you in a golf shirt? Well, I am in a golf short because I had to go to a charity golf event this morning. And yes, I won. Yes, it was, it was spectacular. I hit the putt of the century, and now I'm the world golf champion of all time. It's official. As a pet owner, you want to give your furry friend the very best. That's why baked in Colorado's CVD-infused dog treats are the perfect choice. These delicious treats not only taste great, but they also provide a wide range of health benefits for your pet. CBD has been shown to have many positive effects on dogs, including reducing anxiety, alleviating pain and inflammation, and improving overall wellness. Baked in Colorado's treats are infused with premium, full-spectrum CBD oil, meaning your pet will benefit from the whole plant extract. Not only that, but baked in Colorado's treats are made with all-natural human-grade ingredients so you can feel good about what you're giving your pet. They're also free from wheat, corn, and soy, making them a great option for dogs with food sensitivities. Baked in Colorado CBD-infused dog treats are the perfect way to support your pet's health and well-being. With various flavors, including peanut butter, pumpkin, and bacon, your dog will love them too. So why wait? Head to www.bakedincolorado.com today and order your dog a bag of these delicious and nutritious treats. Your pet will thank you for it. Anyway, let's go ahead and get to the docket. So let's go ahead and open the record for September 8th of 2023. The suspected Gilgo Beach serial killer suspect, Rex Hureman, is now facing an investigation into whether he's responsible for yet another murder of a prostitute near the Long Island home that dates back to 1989. As you may recall, Hureman is charged with the first and second degree murder in connection with the death of three victims, Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello. Now, police say he is the prime suspect in another killing that related to Maureen Brainerd Barnes. And he is now being investigated in connection with the 1980. Denying murder of sex worker Carmen Vargas, whose body was found near Hureman's home. Now, Vargas was later found dumped on the side of the Meadowbrook Parkway, just seven miles from Hureman's Massapequa Park home, and her body was beaten and bound. Now, the suspect, thought to be the Long Island serial killer, Joel Rifkin, who denied it back in 1993, despite uh, copying to some 17 other killings at the time. Now, apparently Joel Rifkin said, that's not me. That's not my work. I guess we're going to find out if it's Hureman's work. Obviously, we give him the presumption of innocence, but, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Next on the docket, that's right. The court clerk is under official investigation. That's like double super secret probation. 
That's right. The police in the uh, in South Carolina said that uh, they were officially investigating whether a court clerk improperly communicated with jurors who later convicted Alec Murdoch for the murder of his wife and son in now the infamous trial there in South Carolina. The investigation by the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division SLED was opened two days after Mr. Murdoch's lawyers made claims about the court clerk, Rebecca Hill, and asked for a new trial for Mr. Murdoch. Obviously, the uh, failed lawyer who was uh, sentenced to some two multiple life sentences in prison. Now, two jurors signed sworn affidavits saying that Miss Hill, the court clerk, had warned jurors, quote, be, don't be fooled by Mr. Murdoch, end quote. Now, Miss Hill, who later wrote a book on the case from her own point of view, has not responded to the allegations or commented on the defense's motion. Now, law enforcement investigation was opened at the request of the South Carolina Attorney General, Alan Wilson, whose office actually prosecuted the case. And it is yet it is yet another unexpected development in the legal saga that began when Mr. Murdoch's wife, Maggie, and younger son, Paul, were shot to death on the family estate, Moselle, back in June of 2021. Now, in announcing the investigation into the allegations of jury tampering, the state police agency and the attorney general said in a statement, quote, their only vested interest is seeking the truth, end quote, and they were committed to a fair and impartial investigation. Now, Mr. Murdoch, who has maintained his innocence, took the stand to defend himself in the six-week-long trial, which was obviously streamed live right here um, to everyone around the world. Now, jurors deliberated for right about three hours before convicting Mr. Murdoch of murder, and one juror later said that the jury had come to an agreement on the verdict in about 45 minutes. They were probably just waiting for their dinner. Um, On that night, Mr. Murdoch was convicted. Mr. Wilson had addressed reporters outside the Colleton County Courthouse and singled out the court clerk as one of the people he wanted to thank. He said, quote, I call her Becky Boo. That's her nickname. But Madam Clerk, wherever you are tonight, Mr. Williamson began searching for Miss Hill in the crowd. A woman's voice came from above. General, it was Miss Hill's standing Um, on the second floor balcony of the courthouse with her dog Gizmo nearby. The court clerk handles mainly administrative matters, such as ordering food for jurors and overseeing logistics for trials. But Mr. Murdoch's lawyers offered affidavits suggesting that Ms. Hill had personal interactions with several jurors which may have crossed the line and have inappropriately influenced the outcome of the trial. Now, four affidavits describing the accounts of the four jurors. Two who were on the panel that convicted Mr. Murdoch, one who sat through the trial as an alternate juror, and one who was excused just before the jury began its deliberation. Two jurors signed the affidavits, while two were signed by two paralegals who described recent conversations between the other two jurors and the Murdoch legal team. Together, the affidavits claimed that Ms. Hill had several secret conversations with the jury forewoman, and also made comments about the case and other jurors who are not even supposed to discuss the case with one another until they actually start their deliberations. One juror's affidavit said that when deliberations were set to begin, Miss Hill told jurors 
this shouldn't take too long. And if that group could not reach a verdict before 11 p.m., they would be taken directly to the hotel for the night. Well, the clerk's probably going to say, well, that's exactly true. I said, if this is not going to be a quick verdict, we'll take you to the jury. We'll take you to the hotel. They're going to come back. My guess is they're going to, the investigators are going to say, oh, they just took things out of context. They could have said something, but they didn't. And therefore, we just don't think there's enough for a hearing. But I think the court should should hold its own hearing, subpoena all the jurors and see what took place. Call Ms. Hill to the stand and see whether she takes the fifth. If she does, well, we know that she did something that she's accused of. Anyway, obviously don't necessarily, that doesn't apply to everybody, just Miss Hill. <laughs> just kidding, right? No, but if she's, she's lawyered up, let's face it, she's lawyered up. She's not out there saying, oh, I deny this. She's lawyered up. Uh, the allegation is that uh, somehow they were pressured uh, by other jurors, uh, according to the affidavit, to uh, move things along and to convict Mr. Murdoch. The defense motion seeks a hearing over the claims and a new trial if they are supported by the allegations. The lawyers have also asked for the Federal Bureau of Investigation to conduct an independent investigation, expressing concern that the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, SLED, who also helped prosecute Mr. Murdoch, could be biased because it had investigated the murders and was invested in maintaining the conviction. It should probably be investigated by somebody who is not does not have a dog in that fight. Next on the docket, Ruby Frank goes to court and things get weird. All right, so we brought you the story the other day. The mother of six, Ruby Frank, was sobbing in court as she appeared for a shelter hearing for her four minor children to determine who's going to get custody. Now, speaking to the public courtroom um, yesterday, the Mormon mom at times broke down and she made shocking claims that one of her minor children had sexually abused their siblings and molested other family members and children in the neighborhood over the years. Now, the popular YouTuber was arrested along with her business partner, Jody Hildebrandt, last month and charged with six counts of felony child abuse after one of her sons was discovered with open wounds and duct tape on their limbs. Now, the mother of six, Ruby Frank, sobbed in court as she appeared for the shelter hearing for her four minor children to determine who's going to get custody. Things got even weirder at one point when an attorney who was sitting in the public viewing area stood up and asked the judge to hear details about the molestation of another child because a mother of one of the alleged victims was seated there in the courtroom. The judge denied that request, citing that the details of the alleged abuse can be heard at a future time. Yes, a prosecutor got arrested, but it's not like he didn't try to not get arrested. So one of the country's most uh, prolific federal narcotic prosecutors was uh, captured on body cam video offering his business card to police to avoid being charged in a hit and run while his blood alcohol level was over twice the legal limit. Joseph Ruddy was outside his home with his business card in hand as officers with the Tampa Police Department arrived to investigate a crash that took place on July 4th. The body cam footage shows Ruddy admitting he fled from the hit-and-run scene. The police said, you hit a vehicle and you ran. You ran because you're drunk. You probably didn't realize you hit the vehicle, the officer said to Mr. Ruddy, which Mr. Ruddy responded by nodding his head in agreement, briefly pausing before saying yes. 
Why didn't you stop? The officer asked again. I didn't realize it was that serious, the prosecutor responded, slurring his words. He was over twice the legal limit, having a blood alcohol level of 0.170. Remember, 0.050 for drive mobility impaired, 0.080 for DUI, and 0.170, yep, twice the legal limit, ladies and gentlemen. Now, Ruddy was ultimately charged with driving under the influence and property damage and was not charged with leaving the scene of an accident. Not sure why. He admitted to it on video. Anyway, he, acu- he was accused of sideswiping an SUV with the driver inside waiting to turn in a red light, clipping the side mirror and tearing off another piece of the vehicle, which was found lodged in the fender of Mr. Ruddy's pickup truck. Over two months removed from the incident, Ruddy had represented the United States in court as recently as last week, despite being charged with a DUI. Ruddy was in court last Friday during a plea deal in the case of the Brazilian man detained by the United States Coast Guard with more than 3.3 tons of cocaine aboard a sailboat off Guinea in West Africa. Now, the Justice Department confirmed that um, the prosecutor had been pulled off three pending criminal cases and removed from his supervisory role at the United States Attorney's Office there in Tampa. Ruddy is known as one of the creators of Operation Panama Express, which is a task force launched in 2000 with agents from the FBI, DEA, Immigration and Custom Enforcement, and service members of the United States Coast Guard to target cocaine smuggling by way of the sea. More than 90% of the United States Coast Guard drug interdiction uh, is at sea and can be attributed to intelligence provided by that organization. Now, most of those cases involve the 888 metric tons of cocaine destroyed by the branch and the 2,776 suspected smugglers detained between 2018 and 2022 were handled by Ruddy and his colleagues. Ruddy is to appear in court next on September 27th. Now, should the prosecutor lose his job? Well, you know, hey, I'm aware of judges that have DUIs and they get to keep their job, so I'm sure he'll get to keep his job. But it is a little ironic that as a prosecutor, you're supposed to do it better and cleaner than everybody else, and yet you can't follow the law and you shouldn't get a free pass. Now, he may get a suspension out of it, but since it's a first alcohol offense, he would have to report that to the bar and they will probably say, don't do it again and do what the probation uh, sentence uh, orders you to comply with and you'll be just fine. Just goes to show you, ladies and gentlemen, everyone that we hold up on pedestals, remember, heroes, all they will do is disappoint. It's true. Even prosecutors and judges. Hell, even defense attorneys. Just something to think about, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody's human. Next, a weird one in Florida. A Florida woman stripped down, grabbed her three-year-old nephew, and jumped into Biscayne Bay Thursday morning in a misguided attempt to avoid police. So the Miami police identified the woman as a 27-year-old Natalie Marina and said that the incident took place just after 8.30 a.m. when officers responded to a criminal mischief call. And Miami Police Captain Freddy Cruz said they were told the woman was causing some sort of damage, breaking things inside of a building. Once the officers arrived, they made contact with the woman, and she actually began swishing the officers away, taking off her clothes, and with her three-year-old nephew, actually jumped into the water. 
Now, that was a little disturbing, apparently, to people to see. There's really nothing normal about that situation at all. Anyway, Mariana's sister also jumped into the water, but Mariana, um, holding on to the toddler, swam across the bay and tried to fight off officers working to get them out of the water. Eventually, she was rescued from the water, and uh, they took her to a hospital to be checked out. That is just weird. Mental health issue? Drug issue? I don't know. Probably put that child at greater risk than... um, Um, if they just stayed on the shore. And then our dumb criminal of the day. After being arrested for leaving her two children alone yesterday in a locked sweltering vehicle outside of a Walmart store, uh, a woman asked police to turn up their air conditioning in the patrol car, taking her to jail for child abuse. Yep, you heard that correctly. Police say the victims, ages three and six, were left in the vehicle without the engine running, with windows closed, and parked on a uh, black asphalt parking lot. Now, according to the criminal complaint, which notes that the temperature outside in St. Petersburg, Florida, was roughly 91 degrees, not including the heat index factor with humidity. Anyway, the children had been in the car uh, for more than about 20 minutes before fire and rescue personnel arrived. Now, at that time, Nyakobo Mar returned to her car and was subsequently arrested on a pair of felony child abuse counts. She was also charged with resisting a misdemeanor for allegedly struggling with the police officers when they tried to put handcuffs on her. And Ms. Marr told the police, didn't, according to the police, Ms. Marr did not show any concern for either of the child's health, but did ask for the air conditioning in the police car to be turned up because she was getting a little warm. Well, the children were transported to a local hospital for uh, treatment. The uh, child welfare officials uh, contacted said there are no family or friends in the area, and uh, Miss Marr had recently relocated from Minnesota. Miss Marr did admit post-Miranda to the offense on video, according to police officers, and she is scheduled to appear in court uh, the next couple of days. She's been held on a $20,000 bond. Yes, isn't that ironic, ladies and gentlemen? It's always the criminals that can't follow the law that want everything enforced to the T for them. Dot the I's, cross the T. And hey, can you turn up the air conditioning a little bit? It's getting a little hot in here. All right, that's all we have for you today, ladies and gentlemen. Have a wonderful day. Have a great weekend. We will see you Monday on Crime Talk. Crime Talk.